What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Coriolis Effect with Corey Oliver. Hi guys, I'm Corey Oliver. Thanks for watching the Coriolis Effect. Please hit the subscribe button below and we hope you like this episode. This episode is sponsored by Dice Throne where Yachty meets Magic the Gathering, a fast and fun board game for all ages. In this fast-paced strategic game of card play and dice manipulation, Dice Throne can be played one-on-one -on -one or with up to six players. Players select one of eight heroes to face off in a head-to-head -head battle to see who will take the throne. Gameplay involves strategically rolling dice to activate special abilities, playing unique hero cards to manipulate results, and upgrading your hero board to power up your stats. And now, there's Marvel Dice Throne, Playable with some of your favorite Marvel comic heroes like Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, Thor, Loki, and Doctor Strange. Dice Throne's Kickstarter for its Marvel edition is now active. Click the link in the description and help support Dice Throne's Marvel Universe edition. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Corey. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, and I have a cup here that says let's be productive, so let's do that let's, today. Let's, let's follow the advice of the cup. <laughs> so um, you know what? I've been wanting to uh, talk about the Constitution and peruse through it. And ironically enough, I was going through my Instagram and I had stumbled across a guy by the name of Mike Yoder. And he is a lawyer, a constitutional litigator, and a political strategist. And so today we have having him on the show oh, for nice. one whole hour to ask some some hard constitutional questions. Constitutional questions. Yes. And, you know, talk a little so bit about what, what we're going through right now. Well, which I got to tell you, half the kids graduating high school probably don't even know. Well, they did a whole video um, excerpt that went, kind of went around and and asking people, do we should we abolish the Constitution and start over? And half the millennials said yes. More than half. <laughs> and I was like, okay, read it first because it's actually your freedoms yeah. and but, rights. You know, that's such a problem with social so. media. I get everybody's got an opinion, <laughs> but now everybody's opinion is out there, and they are so. <laughs> misinformed or lack of informed or whatever you want to say. Oh my gosh. They I I took and not on purpose. I mean they made me take like three classes of yeah. government in school. Yeah. I think the fourth grade I had a government class that taught me about the con and it wasn't yes. saying left or right or whatever. It was just this is what the Constitution says. Pay attention to it. Yes. It's uh, our don't, constitutional don't anymore, yeah. rights. Yes. So we'll have him on and I'm very excited about that. Good. Anything else going on? What else is going on? Still your uh, birthday? No. Could, should we get yeah, rid of We'll leave the balloon up there. We'll leave it for as long as uh, it has air. <laughs> oh. Pop that thing tonight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice celebrating our birthday. It's our birthday, right? 
birthday. It's our wonderful. Birthday. Yes. It's that's the day we were born and the day God gave us life, and I love it. So. Do you remember the birthday of the show? Actually, I don't. Okay. What was it? January 28th. Oh. It's coming up. Oh my gosh. Better Almost a, a year. Better Can you give me a that? present. Yeah. This is our 71st episode that yeah. we'll be shooting today. 71 in seven and a half months. Yeah. Well done, you. Oh, thanks. You could say, well done, you, Mac. <laughs> no, I, I, I could. Well done, back at you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? If you're, you're, if you're fishing for a compliment. A little. If you're on uh, TV and you do 100 episodes, you be you go your into syndication. syndication. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice if we could get to 100, Although, even though we won't really. There's a lot of shows on syndication that aren't. Gilligan's Island, Star Trek, they, they got to in the 60s. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who didn't make 100. Yeah, a couple of shows that only ran for three years. Do you think the Brady Bunch did? Oh, yeah. yeah that, it was did. on for more than five years. Friends did. So the Brady Bunch was yeah. on long enough for Greg to date uh, the mother. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Listen, if we only knew what was going on right, on the other right, half right, of Hollywood, right. we'd be like, wait, what? Um, well, let's just be productive today. You like my cups? I do. I got them at Home Goods. They, they have these cups home at goods? Home Goods. Home Goods. Little plug for Home Goods, even though, you know, I just love that place. Where is it? It's, well, they have them everywhere, but right. they, this one uh, is off of Moore Park. So. So that's a cup that you bought and filled up yourself at home? Yeah, I make my own coffee. Oh, okay. You make your own coffee or you brew your own coffee? I make, well, I brew the coffee, but ironically enough, they have. They don't it, grow the beans and. No, but they have at Trader Joe's. Today's just a plug day. Yeah, yeah. Home Goods, Trader Joe's, Sephora. An unpaid um, plug day. Who else doesn't want to pay <laughs> us any money that we can say has a great product? But Trader Joe's has. Yeah, you hear uh, that Amazon's doing really well. Pumpkin coffee. And they only have it during the holidays. And so I've stocked up well, and I they make... They only have it when pumpkins grow, but yeah. I don't, do, I don't think pumpkins grow year-round, do they? I don't know, Bob, do they? I don't think so. I, do you ever see pumpkins in like February? I don't, actually. It's yeah. a good question. I wonder why. Because hmm. I don't think their season but is... But you know what does grow? M mosquitoes. for you. What? Mosquitoes. Yes. They grow. And I have a rogue one in my room as we speak. Yeah. What? You think you think all 17 bites in here from one mosquito? Yeah. Oh, I've night? seen him. We are going round and round in my house. It's like I'm, I'm itching right now. <laughs> he got me three times last night. He got me 12 times the night before. I've got them head to toe, and I never used to get bit. But there is this pool of water out in front of my house that has not been taken care of. It. Um, you don't think he's bringing in his 7,000 brothers and sisters to come have a, have a I go? don't think so. I've seen him, and I've you tried to get him. You think it's one mosquito? I do, and like Who's I said, now, in the like previous... fully engorged with uh, seventeen bites of your blood. Yeah. Yes, he's going yes. to your, be your roommate soon. Here's the thing, though. I'm like you. I don't ever get bit, and that's why I'm not quite understanding these because they're like evil, red, inflamed. And but I've heard him. You know, it's a mosquito. It's not a spider. Because I've heard him around me, and I've seen him on my pillowcase, and I've tried to get him, and he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's not funny. I just like, want to picture you going after the yeah. mosquito. Oh, you have gonna, no idea. Oh, when you go to sleep, lady, I'm going so after you. Have you have no idea. I'll have guests your over and they're like. ankles, going mm -hmm. to your elbow. I'm going everywhere. <laughs> Last night, I they say if you take a downy, another shameless plug, a downy fabric softener yeah. and you rub it on yourself, that it'll keep them away. Well, Who said that? It does normally. 
but I didn't have downy ones. It has to be the original downy. So you have like stay fresh or whatever. So I had like a different kind and <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure it attracted ones. The them. The love the generic <laughs> ones, yeah. But I woke up and my dog lays next to me and I woke up and then I lean over and she smells from head to toe like this fabric softener because she was rolling all around it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's really the perils of being, you know, single. You can all right. go to bed with downy softener. <laughs> well, I... At a little wise tale, they did that in the prairie in the 1800s. They would rub themselves with downy freshener softeners to stop the mosquitoes. Well, I'm not sure they had it in the 1800s. <laughs> um, however, they did. They it does work because I've been at my friend's Fourth of July parties before, and they always have a box there because we go up on the hill to watch the fireworks. And there was a box. We would all just take one and just stick it on our neck, and we'd not we wouldn't get bit. Why don't they just rebrand it as mosquito repellent? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't I'll know. I'll bet we could buy a thousand cases of downy sheets, put them in boxes as a mosquito repellent, and downy wouldn't even realize. No. Because they, no, who wouldn't recognize the sheet? We wouldn't do that here at the Coriolis Effect, though. No, but we'll set up a side company, though. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Anyway. Uh, you know you know my uh, my idea for a company, right? This is an old joke. I think this might have been a Stephen Wright joke, but it was, I'm going to form a company that sends major corporation bills for like $22. They'll just pay it, not even pay attention to it. So miscellaneous services, they'll just, right, not even worth making a phone call to pay. You send it to like a couple hundred country, uh, companies every week and then... Uh, That's pretty illegal. I, I didn't say the morality or the oh, legality okay, of it, sorry. I'm saying it's an idea sorry. for a company. You were joking. That's the joke. How many you other companies that? out there are also uh, doing what they're supposed to do? Let's be productive. Okay, let's be productive. All okay. right, see you in a few minutes. Okay. Hi, guys. We wanted to announce that like many podcasters, we just started a Patreon account. Visit our page at patreon.com backslash the Coriolis effect. We have five different levels of membership and offer early access to episodes, behind the scenes footage, bonus episodes, shout outs, and much more, including personal phone calls, questions and answer sessions, and live chats with Bob and me. That's patreon.com backslash the Coriolis effect. So Bob, I'm very excited today to try this drink. It is called Brizo. Brizo, okay. Yes, and it is a health drink. And it is has a lot of natural ingredients. One of them, two of them are apple cider vinegar, which I love, and a manuka honey, which is straight from New Zealand. There's only three grams of sugar in this. That is amazing. Yeah. This one is actually called Berry Beet. This one is pineapple turmeric. Oddly enough, I just put turmeric in my coffee this morning. Mmm. Yes, I can taste the uh, turmeric in that. These are all really good. I predict this being a big, huge hit. These are fantastic. It's on Amazon. Yeah. You can get these on Amazon. And they come, they come in variety packs, or they come, you can buy one pack of a uh, single thing, or you can get the uh, four pack. Oh, no. I'm going to go on Amazon and get these. Brizos. These are fantastic. Thank you. Well, they knocked it out of the park on this. Brizo. So it's been a year and a half, so yes. Zero fat, zero cholesterol, barely any carbohydrates, three grams of sugar, it has vitamin D, which is, you know, right now it's big. We, we should all be taking vitamin D, calcium, iron, potassium, and vitamin C. Done. I'm getting this. This is a fantastic drink. Thank I'm glad you. glad you like it. Friso, four different flavors. Berry beet, pineapple turmeric, ginger lemon, and pomegranate hibiscus. Wonderful. Tastes great. Let's start the show. Yeah, let's start the show. I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, well... Bob and I had talked originally about uh, just reading the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence, and then I stumbled across uh, this great guy who is fighting the good fight and for the cause, which I appreciate um, so very much. It's Mike Yoder, a lawyer, constitutional litigator, 
political strategist and CEO of Optic Strategies. Um, welcome to the Coriolis Effect, Mr. Yoder. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I want to talk today uh, a little bit about what you are championing for. I've gone through your Instagram and you have, there's a lot of posts and I know that you are fighting a good fight there in, in Florida for, uh, on behalf of the nurses and, um, oh, you're okay. Uh, but you tell me what, it, what provoked you, what, what inspires you? Cause I'm, I'm grateful. Hold on. But first there's a word of the day. <laughs> Real quick. We start every show with a word of the day. This is a phobia. It's going to be our easiest phobia yet. And it won't speak. My phone won't speak. Anyway, litigiophobia. Any idea what that is, Michael? I would guess it would be a phobia of litigation or litigious That's people. That's right. Usually they're hard, but I, last minute I had to think of this one quick. Yeah, but Mike doesn't have that. He's, he's <laughs> for me, like... No, but the people who go after or Mike goes after absolutely have it. Of course. Well, I I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for standing up for the good people. It's it's there's very few people like yourself willing to fight a good fight. So tell me what inspired you and just a little bit about yourself and your background. I mean, I was never a political person. I've always just been informed as to what my constitutional you know, rights were and just sort of being an informed citizen. So when I casted a vote, I didn't just choose the only name I recognized. I studied politics in undergrad. And uh, honestly, when I graduated, I I probably don't even know if, if I knew the difference between a Democrat or Republican because it was so innate. It was so just, you know, distant from our daily lives. It wasn't something that who you supported or voted for was outcome determinative in any aspect of your life. It was it was pretty much irrelevant. Um, and then I, I graduated law school and and just started practicing. I was I was doing a lot of personal injury work, getting in the courtroom a lot, and again, nothing political. And I I got rid of all social media in 2014 and then re-downloaded it in 2020 during the pandemic out of nothing more than sheer boredom. And I remember just tweeting something and out of nowhere, I just got like a barrage of attacks. And I was like, that's it's not really even a controversial statement. It's not even something that is that is subject to dispute. It's it's a very reasonable objective view. Like, sure, it, it leans to the right, but it's just an objective view. Why are you why are you attacking me? And then I realized that politics is uh, now an emotional mind game more than it is anything about the law or about knowledge or about what's actually a, a beneficial public policy. And it just sort of like poked a bear. And I, I have absolute disdain for uh, the, the just derelict of duty of, of elected officials. And that goes to both parties. Um, I was here, here. I was, I was adopted at two days old. Uh, adopted by my parents were 45 years old. I grew up in a town of 1800 people, three and a half hours from the closest city, um, sub 40 K income. I graduated from a high school that was 495 out of 515 in the state of Pennsylvania. So, I mean, I had to get a job at the local mall to even have $300 to take the SAT, which I had to drive to the local university to figure out what the SAT was. So when people want to talk about opportunities or being disadvantaged, I'm more than happy to jump in that conversation and ask them if they have gone through anything that I've gone through. And I'm tired of these arbitrary factors that perhaps have some play in the game as to your level of success, but there's a difference between a hurdle and a barrier. And 
a hurdle is something that you have to work to overcome a barrier or something that precludes you from obtaining what it is that you want. And no one to date has ever given me a barrier as to why they couldn't be successful. It turns into a game of shake the magic eight ball and what name can I come up with? Either xenophobe, racist, you're sexist, you're misogynist. I mean, shake your magic eight ball of insults and that's what they deflect to. And once they go to that point, that's when I realize that they were wrong. So. I want everyone to have the opportunities that I was afforded as a American that we're still somewhat or, or mostly still afforded. But um, if we continued on the track we're on, they're not going to be there anymore. You're absolutely right. Um, Bob and I feel the exact same way. Uh, you know, it's, it speaks to our First Amendment. We've we've been certainly been censored uh, here at the Coriolis effect. We've had some I wouldn't even say controversial uh, We've had an episode guests. taken down from a guy who's made in a family making bread for the last 120 years. And all he said was, I admire Trump because he ordered the vaccine before they knew if it worked or not. And that was taken down because it went against the CDC's uh, policies. I was taken down off Twitter because after um, at some point in late January, I tweeted and, and I remember the quote verbatim because I've said it so many times. I said in 1983, Susan Rosenberg planted a bomb outside U.S. Senate chambers in an attempt to assassinate Republican senators. On President Clinton's last day in office, Rep. Jerry Nadler got President Clinton to issue her a pardon. Today, she now sits on the board of directors of Black Lives Matter Network, Inc. And that's verbatim all that I said. And that got me deleted for inciting violence. And I didn't realize that the metric by which they determine you're inciting violence is based on the subjectivities or particular sensitivities of a given population, not based on the uh, intent of the speaker. But nonetheless, that got me nuked from Twitter. And uh, I'm on like, well, I don't know, my fourth account now, probably. So. So you are in Florida and you have opened uh, up law like lawsuits. So. You've lo opened up a lawsuit. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull it up on, uh, on your Instagram because you post everything and I, and I love what you post. I love your your honesty, just your candor. Pardon me? The lawsuit I just filed is in DC. And that is with the nurses. And I am not doing anything with nurses, no. I'm doing, Wait, I'm, representing, I'm, uh, I'm representing 7.5 million Americans against Biden uh, over the vaccine mandates. Uh, the, the one with the nurses is in New York. Um, that was just through the second circuit that went up to SCOTUS that was denied by Sotomayor two days ago uh, on the emergency petition. But I'm handling the, the lawsuit that represents all federal employees, federal, um, federal contractors and active duty military. Did you file it as a class action? I did not um, for, for multiple reasons. Um, I had to advertise it as a class action, um, not pulling the wool over people's eyes, but because in order for me to prevail, I need to find the absolute best plaintiffs. And in order for me to find the best plaintiffs, I need to have a massive amount of people sending me their information and telling me their story as to what's going on. Uh, someone that has a sincerely held religious belief perhaps may not be as strong as my plaintiff who was on a state department. He's a foreign services officer with the Department of State. He was assigned uh, on assignment in Beijing, China, and got um, he got confirmed as a deacon there and was teaching about Christ to the communists while on State Department assignment. So if someone wants to challenge whether he has a closely held religious belief, I would, you know, politely challenge them to do so. Um, likewise, I have someone who has uh, unfortunately dealt with such medical trauma uh, due to anaphylactic reactions that even ingesting an antihistamine has sent her into an anaphylactic shock that placed her in the hospital. 
So if we want to talk about legitimacy of people who deserve a medical exemption, um, this individual also had sustained a had suffered a stroke as a result of contracting COVID alone. Um, so the, 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 it's looking for the particular sensitivities and, and it's a twofold reason why it's not a class action. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Um, one is because let's say, for example, you were arrested and charged with possession of marijuana today and you hire a constitutional lawyer and they challenge it. And in a month from now, the court says, you know what, that statute is unconstitutional. Tomorrow, can someone be charged with possession of marijuana? No, it's unconstitutional. I don't need to do it for every single person. I need the best plaintiff to knock it down. And then once it's down, it's down. Um, secondly, it also requires something called class certification, where you go through the judici judicial panel on multi-district litigation, the JPML, and that's just going to slow things down. We don't have time, and I need to get this up to the Supreme Court as quick as possible. So, so that's why I would filed it with individuals instead of making it a class action. You know, it makes a lot of sense because you're not asking for damages for a class. You're simply just want the law changed. And you Correct. Need I don't need to make sure. Exactly. And I don't need, I'm not suing, you know, like that's, and, and, and a lot of people don't understand the difference between a class action and what something called an MDL. MDLs are far more common than class actions, actually, and people don't even know that they exist, including the vast majority of lawyers. So when you hear about a plane, a plane crash, you think class action. Well, no. Is that doctor's life worth the same as that 16 year old high school kid's? No, it's not measured the same. There's not the same variables at stake. It's it's not the same. And class actions have to be identical. So like the Volkswagen emission scandal, you bought a Jetta for 18 grand. It was only worth 16 grand. You're entitled to $2,000. So the question is, did you buy one of these Jettas? Yes or no? Okay, boom, $2,000. It's across the board. It's uniform. You have like commonality, numer numerosity, uh, typicality, and adequate representation are the four elements. But with M MDL, all the facts are the same, but the damages are different. Every, the, the, the injury was caused by the same occurrence, but the, the damages are different. Here, the damages are a deprivation of your rights and you're seeking an injunction because you can't be compensated with money. It's, it's irreparable harm. You can't get that time back. You can't get that job back. You can't get your health or life back when something's injected into your body. So that's why I'm trying to stop it. Now, what, hold on. What happens if there's a parallel case in a different jurisdiction uh, on the same theory, which hits the Supreme Court before yours? Um, I, I have yet to see something as collective and cohesive as mine. People have challenged individual components. So for, so for example, there was a wonderful lawsuit that was drafted. It was very well written, um, by attorneys in California, uh, with a, a professor, uh, a, a physician that was a professor, um, that I believe it was UC Irvine that filed suit, uh, over the basis of natural immunity, challenging the, the requirement to be vaccinated. The court um the district court issued an opinion uh denying the injunction in california but i will say that for a california court the opinion was actually very helpful i don't necessarily agree with it but i can see the line of logic that the court took and that in and of itself is saying something for the state of california um usually it's the most you know concocted 
wild theory that the judge pulls as to how he can circumvent doing what's obviously the correct answer here i can actually kind of see it i just disagree um there's a case in colorado that was denied uh, uh injunctive relief um, that was filed but no case has been as collective and cohesive as mine because i'm suing on behalf of people with medical disabilities religious exemptions or some a medical condition that would give rise to a medical exemption or religious exemption as well as people that have antibodies that are over uh, uh, uh that are, are greater than eight and the the measure is a, a, on the the value scores of 1.4 or less is when it, when you're negative for antibodies so very high antibodies two weeks old um i also am adding a group of work from home individuals um a woman that had worked from home for the last 28 years and is two years from retiring so she was working from home before the pandemic it's not just a recent pandemic thing she's been working from home her entire career for almost three decades and now they're saying that she has to get vaccinated well how does that actually promote the safety of the federal workers when this woman has never seen anyone i mean she could be she could be in a cave in colombia for all they know and i mean it, it's 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 overreach it's arbitrary and capricious which is one of the claims i'm filing under the administrative procedures act and frankly it's just asinine and exceeds all bounds of decency and common sense can i ask you a question because and this might be a ridiculous question and i should probably know this but i don't how long can they implement the emergency authorization act does it not have a statute of limitations or a, a deadline a deadline or is this something that could just arbitrarily go on forever I, 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 I want to make sure I say without absolute specificity, it's not something I have specifically looked into because my issue is, I, I have not looked at the angle of, well, how long can this endure? Um, but I, I would, I would presume that it's going to follow the same quasi language as what's the states have been using with the emergency powers act or the emergency management act where each state has the ability for the governor to declare a disaster, which a disaster can be one of a hundred things, including a public health emergency. And a public health emergency is something where there's a substantial likelihood of a significant number of uh, injuries or imminent death. I mean, it's all subjective, so, but essentially it boils down to the fact that if the governor wants to call something a disaster and unilaterally usurp control out of the legislature and just become you know comrade fill in the blank they can do so um that's what we've seen in, in a lot of states um and it's indefinite there's no there's no tolling there's been litigation challenging especially in illinois against governor pritzker the uh the validity of him to just continually extend and extend and elongate and elongate the the emergency use authorization uh for the for the state under like the the state of emergency so i'm equating emergency use authorization for a drug or pharmaceutical or medical product with the um with the um state level state of emergency declaration that gives him the unilateral authority um and they've said that it it, it is not limitable in the sense that the the, the extensions are, are lawful and i i i agree with that decision and that's because you can never predict what extent a state of emergency would or would not last and i think it would be very wrong to legislate something in that's a hard and fast rule that precludes a governor i mean what if like let's say that there was something that was serious that was going on for like 70 days and you only had 30. like now you just usurp the ability to run your state and control your state for 40 more days the problem is you can't legislate morality and you can't legislate integrity and you can't legislate and put into law and make codified objective 
metrics for people to act within. People need to have some sort of accountability, which is why voting matters. But um, it's essentially just an abuse of power, in my opinion, but it's a lawful abuse of power. Um, so the courts have said so far. So basically, it can last until the next election. <laughs> right, right. Um, so skipping to just another quick question. Um, well, I have several, but um, there are companies... I don't even know if I'm supposed to be allowed to say this, but I'm going to. We can cut it out if we want to. Um, like OSHA. Let's just take them, for instance, who uh, spend their lives working for the employee um, for their protection uh, against harmful toxins and chemicals and jobs, you know, sites and wearing the hard hats. And how do you do we <laughs> reconcile um, them now coming in and basically saying if you don't get the vaccination, you are fired from the job site? Well, I think it's notable to draw the distinction between the three different orders that are pending with my lawsuit. So so you have the August 24 DOD order that's, a, uh, that's issued by Secretary Austin that applies to all the military and it directs the secretaries of the military departments to juice them up, as I like to say. Uh, it, it has Executive Order 14042 and Executive Order 14043, the, both of which were issued on September 9th by President Biden. The, the words taste like vinegar coming out of my mouth, but um, I was just going to say Biden. I'm not going to use president, but um, the 14042 EO applies to federal contractors and 14043 applies to federal employees. The OSHA metric coming out. So right now, my lawsuit only pertains to federal employees, federal contractors, and the active duty military. It does not touch on private sector, 100 plus employer, uh, employee corporations. The reason being is if I were to file suit right now, it's going to get dismissed on ripeness, meaning I filed the lawsuit way too early. I can't sue to protect against a potential future harm. I mean, there's nothing guaranteeing that OSHA is going to come out with this. I mean, they've been directed to do so, but I can't sue prematurely. I can't be like, I'm going to file a lawsuit today because I think eventually we're going to have to quarter uh, government troops in our homes again. And that violates the, you know, the, 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 the Constitution. I mean, it's, it's too speculative. You have to be able to sue for something that you can show is an imminent approaching harm. And the standard at one point was actually you had to suffer the harm before you had standing to bring the action. And finally, the Supreme Court came to their senses and said, maybe we shouldn't force someone to uh, get a broken arm before they can sue the cops for breaking their arm. That might be something that's in our best interest. But the interesting thing is the OSHA ETS is being promulgated as a result of a directive. A directive is, uh, is essentially like, I really want you guys to do this. It's not a, it doesn't have any lawful effect. And if, if, if Biden wanted to do it with an executive order, why didn't he? That just goes to show you how unconstitutional it is. I mean, even, even comrade Mushbrains knows that he can't do that. And uh, that's why OSHA is coming out with this ETS. ETSs have never uh, historically had a good track record either. There's only ever been nine issued in OSHA's history. Uh, this will be the 10th, one of which Biden has already issued. So 20% of all ETS ever issued in history have been issued by the Biden administration in their first 10 months. And uh, the uh, ETS streak of, of success has been four of the 10 have been struck down completely by the courts and one has been partially blocked. So they have a 50% success rate in terms of their legal um, efficacy and actually the, the lawful nature of them. Um, the only problem now is whether the courts are going to actually follow the law or follow the agenda. So, you know, it's just such a catch-22 because if I have a business and I 
follow the executive orders, right, to have all my employees get vaccinated. And then two of them have an adverse reaction. One of them maybe even dies from it. I'm just speculating. And they come after me to sue me. What is my recourse as an employer? Am I am I covered under the Emergency Authorization Act? First of all, there, there's no there's no lawsuit. You, you can't sue your employer because you took a vaccination and got harmed over the vaccination. I understand that, but that doesn't mean people aren't going to try. No, you, can, you can't sue your employer. Be on the work. If anything, could be on a workers' comp, right? In a workers' comp state. And yeah, I mean, well, all, I mean, you could. It would fall under worker. I mean, it, I mean, if you if you died, obviously, there's not going to be workers' comp. I mean, it, but you could bring it under a claim of. Um, Let's say that let's take it out of the context of vaccines, and let's say that you were on a, on a on a work assignment, and your employer told you that you had to drive to go pick something up, and someone t-boned you, and you were driving a company vehicle, and you died. Um, could you sue your employer for that? Well, it depends. Uh, there's a lot of variables. The likelihood of you being successful in that is slim to none. Um, a good lawyer is probably going to figure out a way to have you held liable just because of the insurance coverage issue. You're going to have a corporate policy to seek in addition to the driver that hit that person. But with the vaccine, there's not really any recourse for the the the, the mandate. If you, inf- you, you forced your employee to get vaccinated, I mean, the, the PrEP Act immunized the pharmaceutical manufacturers and then the default for employers is going to say, I'm following an order. I'm following what OSHA did. What OSHA said. So then you turn and point the gun at OSHA and try to pursue them, and then they're gonna they're gonna um, they're they're gonna inject the argument of of sovereign immunity or qualified immunity because they're following a directive does, from the president. Does sovereign immunity cover the HIPAA Act as well? I mean, we've had that in place for how many well, years a now? Disclosure act. Yeah, HIPAA is a disclosure act, and it only applies within a limited circumstance of healthcare providers. HIPAA doesn't apply unless you're engaged in the practice of some sort of medicine or you're a healthcare provider. HIPAA does not apply to you. It, HIPAA strictly the only applies. The thing that HIPAA does, HIPAA says to your medical provider, they can't release the records. Correct. So when you send a subpoena for your medical records, they have to give you notice before supplying to them. It doesn't stop non-medical right. providers from doing anything. Right, but if so they're if protecting them... If, if, if you go to your physician and you have like an allergy panel and you have an allergy test done to see if you're allergic to peanuts, let's say, your, your physician, the one that actually performed the test, your PCP, the lab, all that, anyone involved in that side of things are precluded by HIPAA from sharing that information. If they give that information to you as a private employer, then HIPAA doesn't apply to you. Even though it's the same thing, it's because you're under the different bail. You're not a healthcare provider. There's other laws in place that would, and, and it's not worth getting into right now. But there's there's other ramifications for for disclosing someone's personal information like that. Public disclosure of private information, right? Well, yeah, it's very convoluted. My daughter's in college, and they 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 are all sharing everybody's tests and all of their, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, and they probably sneak consent. That's clauses here in, in California, though. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're probably they they sneak a lot of consent clauses in where it's like. When you enroll in the university and you sign all this paperwork, there's probably some clause that says like you consent to uh, any policies that the university institutes here and after. And if you have an objection, you understand and agree that you shall uh, raise those concerns with the university through this arbitrary procedure. I mean, it's they, they bury clauses and stuff like that. So I'm sure that she probably in some way somehow consented or they'll even make the argument. Well, you never had to give us anything. We could have just expelled you. So it, it can go either way. The issue is you're going to say someone's going to say I would have gotten fired if I didn't take the um, vaccine. So I took the vaccine. You're you're making me. It's the same theory of saying, well, 
I signed this contract for a loan for 20% interest under duress because you wouldn't give me the money unless I signed the contract. No, you, you made a decision. If you make a decision to continue to work there, you make the decision whether you get a vaccine. You don't have the right to have that job. The job is you have to be vaccinated. Correct. What and, is... and, and typically that there's, there's a, a realm there where employers are allowed to engage in mitigation measures to provide for the safety of their employees. However, to what extent is a mitigation measure valid? One, maybe we should figure out if it actually works or not and actually does provide that safety. And two, how far can they go? Can they force you to wear a hazmat suit everywhere you go? So God forbid you don't cough on someone and transmit the flu. I mean, there has to be some level of constitutional review and muster over what a private employer can do. Um, theoretically speaking, in any commonsensical terms, forcing someone to inject something into their body that's not FDA approved would be undoubtedly uh, unlawful. And I think that that's something that people don't know is that there is not a single person in the United States of America to date not one, not a soul that has been injected with an FDA approved vaccine because the vaccine that the FDA approved is, uh, it's called, spelled C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y. So it's I've got a right Moranity yeah. and it is the equivalent. Why of isn't that one being used? It doesn't because it's not in production. It's a, but it's yet that's the only one that's been car. presented for, for FDA approval. approval. Right. And it's like a concept car. So think about a Mercedes-Benz car show. You see this fancy, flashy, futuristic car. It's a real car sitting in front of you. You can touch it. The car exists. You can, you, you know, it, it's, a, it's a car, but you can't go to the dealership and buy it. No one has it. No one's driving it. No one can get a hold of it. No one knows where it actually goes afterward. It, it, it exists in, in, in theory, but in applicability, no one has it. No one is getting it. And then there's certain regulations. There's a big difference between an FDA authorized or FDA fully approved medical uh, medical device or medical product and something that's under EUA. And right there, the fact that you have something that's FDA approved and under EUA is a massive red flag, first of all, because by definition, they're one or the other. It's under EUA because there's nothing that's FDA approved. If it's something that's FDA approved, then you no longer have EUA. And but just to be clear, Comirnaty is not FDA approved. It's submitted for approval. How long it has it is. been in it its trial FDA stages? So it is FDA approved. Yes, Comirnaty is, is it did receive FDA approval. I have not to date looked into the vetting of the the. I've not looked into the validity of the of the granted approval, but they are currently under a full FDA approved status on that vaccine dose. People keep saying the Pfizer vaccine, that's a misnomer. It's Pfizer vaccines. You have Comoranity and you have BioNTech. They're not the same. They interchangeably use the words where they'll do like Pfizer-BioNTech and then they'll put in quotations Comoranity and like the language that they use and the way that they structure it weaves a very complicated uh, three word blend of this so like you have to really hunker down and read the language to actually notice this but it says on the actual august 23 approval letter itself that the uh two vaccines are quote legally distinct with certain differences the fda has actually said that itself there's tons of publications all three from the cdc fda and pfizer using language that is either expressly in overtly conceding that there are two different vaccines or implying that there is two different vaccines because there's an FDA approved 
vaccine and an FDA authorized vaccine under EUA. And that's the difference because the EUA triggers different legal rights and legal standards. But a lot of this information that you've given up doesn't even see mainstream media. So it's it's difficult for people to not. really and, understand uh, the depth of 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 where this is coming from and where this transpires from. You say here in, in the information that you sent, uh, non-FDA approved vaccines are not authorized under SecDef Austin's order. Can you explain to our listeners what SecDef Austin's order is? So so that's so Secretary of Defense Austin issued an order on August 24th, uh, the day after the FDA um, Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, issued the um, BLA approval to the Comerity uh, vaccine. The interesting thing is um, that in doing so, um, the uh, the DOD order that, that Secretary Austin issued um, expressly says on the face of it, I mean, it, it, it's on the letter for the 24th. If you go down and you see the fourth paragraph, and I will read verbatim, quote, mandatory vaccination against COVID-19 will only use COVID-19 vaccines that receive full licensure from the Food and Drug Administration in accordance with FDA-approved labeling and guidance. So you're saying that you're only going to administer FDA-approved vaccines. You're not. You're not administering FDA-approved vaccines. You, you didn't have to put that in your letter. You wrote it. So you literally just shot yourself in the foot, but oh, that's right. You guys don't know what's going on because after you lie so many times and you get convoluted, you start to get tripped up and you can't keep a cohesive and logical train of thought. Make four right turns and you're going to end up going the same direction. That's why you just saw BLM marching with Trump supporters in New York against the, the mandates because there's no line of logic. There's no consistency. They're just literally machines of production and finally when they start to think for themselves and say hey maybe i actually don't like this as an individual oh look at that we're not so different anymore are we but the order itself is saying we're only going to administer fda approved vaccines and when it says the labeling requirements the vaccines the vials themselves will specifically have either fda approved or it will say emergency youth authorization i can for for any of the listeners on here if you have received the vaccine i do not doubt that the vast majority of you probably believe that you were getting an FDA approved vaccine, but I can almost guarantee that you also did not see the vial in which the uh, syringe was was filled with the vaccine. Because if you look at the bottle, it will tell you by law what vaccine you're receiving. And it will say Comerity or BioNTech. And if you look at it and it says EUA, it's in bold, bold black letters. If it's under EUA, then that triggers 
the FDCA, the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, there are certain conditions that can apply, one of which under Section 360 BBB-3 is the option to accept or refuse medical treatment. You have a right passed on to you by Congress. Congress has vested you with the authority and it requires, it's not even just a condition, this, this, is, this is an object, like an absolute requirement that you have informed consent before you become a recipient of an EUA authorized medical product. So you can't have informed consent if you don't know what you're getting. If you don't know what is being injected into you, how do you have informed consent to that? And it's very similar to imagine being a parent and you're trying to feed your baby. So you ch- put a chicken wing in front of their mouth to finally get them to open up. And then dad comes in from the side with the airplane spoon with applesauce. That's what they're doing to a lot of people. And you don't know it and you don't realize it. And they're saying, oh, well, the formulations are the same. So they're interchangeable. Well, if the formulations are the same, then why don't they even have the same number of ingredients? I FOIA'd the actual ingredients and the compositions of both vaccines. The FDA approved vaccine Comerity has 11 ingredients. BioNTech has 10. The 11th ingredient is entirely redacted and it's done so under a B4 FOIA exemption, which is for trade secrets. So 0.45 migs of a 2.25 mig vial of a vaccine is actually redacted. So you don't know what 20% of what you're getting injected with actually is. Yet people who have allergies to the preservatives and vaccines and other pharmaceutical medications are being denied medical exemptions. So how the hell are they supposed to know if the vaccine that they're being forced to take has one of those preservatives that could kill them. And their exemptions are denied. And has. And has killed people and has repeatedly landed people in the hospital. One of my clients is nine months away from finishing his career serving in the military for two decades. He's in his 19th year, sole source of income provider to his family. There's three kids. He is so close to being able to retire. He has had a history of anaphylactic reactions since the day he came out of the womb. And he applied for a medical exemption, had physician notes, which is a whole separate issue of figuring uh, of that, uh, getting the medical exemption. He told his supervisor that he could not get vaccinated. And then he goes to get vaccinated because they deny it. Less than five minutes later, he's seizing on the floor in, in, in the hospital. And then the military had the audacity to within that short time frame, say that he had to, they, they were they were hounding him to give them proof of his second dose. He just almost died. He told you he was almost gonna die. You didn't care. You forced him to get vaccinated. The man is seizing. He's trying to take care of his family, for God's sakes. He served the country for 19 years and this is how you're gonna treat someone like that? And then to have the audacity to double down and force him to go through that again, for what? If it's about public health, then what is this public health that you're promoting or saving? Because the vaccine has a lower efficacy rating than the the natural immunity. The disease itself has a comorbidity prevalence of 78% plus of fatalities are those that are morbidly obese. Vaccinated patients are what permeate all the hospitals to the extent that they're permeated because it's not overran. New York just got rid of 70,000 healthcare workers. If it's overran by by this so-called pandemic of the unvaccinated, well, why the hell are all the vaccinated people the ones in the hospital and not the unvaccinated people? And if it's such a big problem, why'd you just fire all these healthcare workers? And it's, it's getting to the point where people are losing everything. And it's not even just about the individual level. What happens when 400,000 of our active duty military uh, are, are dishonorably discharged? And then let's say that China just decides, hey, maybe we should go fly over the US and drop a few bombs. What's gonna happen? Oh, 
That's right. We don't have a pilot today to fly the the, the, the fighter jet. Oh, we don't have a you know a captain to steer the navy. Uh, you know our, our 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 aircraft carrier. Well, who's in charge? Because the last four people up the chain of command just all got dishonorably discharged. It's it's putting our country at grave danger, and the 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 vaccine itself, even if it worked, it would still be outweighed by the the risk that it imposes. And in my in my, in my personal, are there are there current stats on how many people have died from the vaccine? Because I've seen reports twelve thousand, then it was reduced to six. Somebody said twenty, and then they stopped counting. I think theirs has shut down. So have, they don't, they're not even um, taking information anymore. So the first thing that you have to realize with the um, the, the first thing you have to realize is that with Bayer's, which is the va- uh, vaccine adverse event reporting system, the first thing you have to realize is that the um, is that Bayer's reports are tedious. So think about when you get pulled over, cops have to fill out all this paperwork. You know, a lot of the time when the cops just sort of let you go, it's not because they like you. It's because they're just too lazy to do the paperwork. It's kind of tedious. They just don't want to go through it. It takes about a half hour to accurately complete a Bayer's report. And you, you don't want to do it. And also, you're also kind of instructed by your hospital administrators to not report it because they don't want to lose federal funding. So in terms of the actual statistics, and this is as of September 15th, I'm sure that it's been increased since then, um, you have a total of 233,489 total events reported. You have a total of 40,709 life-threatening injuries. 37,845 permanent disabilities and 24,508 deaths. And again, these are reports- And that's from the vaccine. Well, so I want to be very clear on this because I cannot say to an absolute degree of of certainty that it was caused by the vaccine. However, to qualify as a Bayer's event, you have to report it. It, It's something that happens contemporaneously and following it's something that happens contemporaneously and following the administration of a vaccine. And I also narrow these categories down specifically to the COVID-19 vaccine as of 2021 moving forward. I, I, I so the, And I broke it down from age group as well. But when you look into like the, the, the deaths and it gives you um, it gives you like the symptoms, vaccine type, the manufacturer, the Bayer's ID and the adverse event description. So, for example, the first one on the list, she received the dose. She received second dose three nine twenty one on three ten twenty one. She complained of a headache morning of three eleven. She found compl- uh, she was complaining of abdominal pain, had no appetite, found her unresponsive that afternoon, called 911 and the medics pronounced her dead around uh, 1 p.m. So. I can't tell you that that's absolutely to a medical, a reasonable degree of medical certainty because I'm not a physician that that was caused by the vaccine, but um, someone who was perfectly fine before and is pronounced dead in her own home less than a day later. And that was just the first one on the list. I just picked it. I, I well, just put picked it, put it this way. If, if this was a person who had contracted COVID and those same fact happened to die, they would have labeled it as a COVID death. You, I mean, you could, we saw people that were on motorcycles get hit by cars and they were COVID deaths yeah. because they had some sort of history of being diagnosed with COVID four months earlier. I mean, it was all inflated numbers of cases. The severity of the cases was intentionally misleading to induce this fear porn and this fear pandemic across the country. And then they hide the deaths. We saw Cuomo when, when, when he was in New York, suppress the number of 
nursing home deaths. I mean, he committed genocide and we don't even talk about that anymore. I mean, that's how messed up our country is. Someone committed genocide as a governor killing 15,000 citizens. And it's not even talked about after he gets ousted from office for being a sexual predator. Uh, that's just to put into perspective where we are. But yeah, these events are and, and also it's uh, not even disputed that there's a, a, a minimum, excuse me, a maximum of 1% of qualifying events to be reported to VAERS are actually reported. So take the numbers I just gave and multiply those by 100. So instead of it being, um, you know, in, instead of looking at it and saying that there were 24,508 deaths, 245,080 deaths, instead of it being 233,000 total events, 2.3 million total events. I mean, that's, that's the- You, you that's also the have how many people died from the vaccine that were reported as a COVID death or misreported? I get it, yeah. Well, which is why they extend the you know, period to be fully vaccinated by two weeks after you get your second dose. Because if you croak in that 14-day period, you weren't fully vaccinated. Therefore, you must have died of COVID. Right, exactly. It comes down to the question of, and I said this for a long time, that po politics is whatever you choose to care about at any given time. They, This country has gone through great lengths to try to protect everybody possible, including destroying its own economy because of the fear of COVID deaths. And I had a discussion with somebody. I said... 44,000 people die every year in automobile accidents, plus hundreds of thousands being injured. We could stop all of them if we drove around in tanks. Gas would be you know, $20 a gallon. You'd get three gallons to the mile, but nobody would ever die in a car crash. You'd be in these so safe things. Nobody would ever get to where they're going, and nobody would be able to function, but you could cut down and save 44,000 lives a year if you wanted to do that. The same, there are so many other things, but for some reason, and I, I can't imagine anything other than politics. Somebody, they grabbed onto this and said, this is how we control the masses. Well, so it's, 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 a, it's a multitude of things. And I completely agree with your point there, where one of the biggest issues is that people think it's, it, it's that they're trying to win a war. The goal is not to win a war, it's to maintain an ongoing one. The, the constant divide, the more disruption you have throughout society. That's why we have all these fringe organizations, these fringe groups, these different sects of 58 genders and you have BLM, then you have the, the, the racial activism, then you have the sexual orientation activism, then you have the feminist, then you have like the elderly, and then you have the, the my body, my choice, and then you have BLM and Antifa and all these different movements. So all these people have some sense of belonging to join up in whatever, whatever they want to identify with as their purpose, uh, that they keep that constant grade of division. And they keep telling people that, oh, white supremacists, alt-right. They use terms like Nazi. They keep, it's, it's, it's just conditioning you to have absolute hatred towards people. People say, oh, Trump's a racist. Well, why is it that the, the, the platinum plan where he gave HBCUs uh, billions? I mean, Biden just took $30 billion from HBCUs that Trump gave them. Trump gave that to you not Biden. And then Biden took it. And then he was the one that wrote the 96 crime bill that targeted African-Americans during the crack cocaine epidemic. So if you want to talk about racists, maybe give me an example. I mean, he was the first uh, private club to open up to African-Americans or minorities. He's, he's, he's never even married. I don't think, I think all, all of his wives have been foreign immigrants. Like they're not even American. So to make these arguments are, are just abjectly ridiculous oh he's homophobic well he had rick grinnell rick grinnell was the first openly gay cabinet member it was not pete Buttigieg. it was not that's like people saying abraham lincoln was a democrat 
straight up, he was not. It's just lie after lie after lie. Yeah, but if you say it enough times, it becomes true in people's minds. And it that, does. that's all they care about. Yeah, it has to hit the right the form, right, media. Tell me about the Jacobson case. Jacobson. Oh, sorry, before you do that, where, where are you in your lawsuit that we were talking about? What, uh, what oh. stage? Um, I just just filed. I'm working on it right now. I'm tightening it up with because there's been so it, it's it's such fast moving litigation with such a tight deadline that there's been other rulings and other circuits and other district courts and and I want to account for those. So I'm going to be filing an amended complaint and a motion for preliminary injunction. Is I, I mean I'm doing this myself. No one else, right. uh, you know, I, it, it's, I'm not disparaging anyone, but um, whether this is outside of their, 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 their area of expertise or um, they're afraid to step up, either one is their prerogative. I don't really care. It's not, I, it's my business is fighting for this. And um, it's just as, as fast as my, my little fingers can type at this point. So it's been filed, but it hasn't been served yet. It has not been served. Summonses in federal court are good for 90 days. And I've been holding them because I knew that I was going to be doing this. So instead of me filing and serving and then the government responding and then having to counter their opposition and then do all the clogging, I wanted to get it filed, get the summonses. And then I was going to posture. I was initially going to just file the motion. But now that there's new cases coming out, I want to account for that so they can't try to, you know, want to tighten the, the language of the complaint, so to speak. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and by the way, that and we'll get back to the Jacobson case. That that all costs money, and so and and you we I'm I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but you do have a website, and you can can people can contribute to fight for the co- cause for you. Well, correct? it's not my web. I mean, I, I have a website for my law firm, but the website actually isn't for myself. One of the one of the plaintiffs of the action actually started it. Um, I, I'm I. I told them if you know they're making the contribution to fight this, you know, by putting their name on it and risk everything by coming forward and, and being brave enough to put their name on the lawsuit. Uh, I, I'm not going to turn something that affects 7.5 million dollars into my financial gain being a, the effective gatekeeper from people's livelihoods. It's I don't have time to worry about the money. I'm also just I have to go to sleep at night. And I'm not going to ask people to give me money when you're facing losing your job. I mean. It's just not right, and I've always just had the the firm belief that if you just do what's right, God will repay you ten times, you know, more. I love this guy. Um, he, you are so. I I I'm telling you, and I ran across your stuff. I thought, you know, if there were more people, you know, that wasn't it Ronald Reagan that said the only thing, something is for good men to do nothing. I I don't know the statement, but it's when good about. men. Do, yeah, and it just for me when you stand up. Uh, for what is right, like you said, you can sleep at night. You can lay your head on the pillow, and you know that's why I actually brought up the the contributing. Because if anyone is listening and would like to contribute, you can email us, and we will give you the website. Um, this these things do cost money and time, and you know nobody's gonna. It's not gonna just happen. It's not gonna just you know go away unless somebody like yourself stands up uh, against it and creates some. Uh, some sort of, I don't know, heat forum, whatever it will be. And I appreciate that you're doing that. I have a child, she's 22. And um, I worry every day that sorry, that my grandkids and great grandkids won't see the freedoms that we've had. So yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate that you are standing up for the Constitution well, and not. the Declaration of Independence. Listen to the number of people who come out and honestly say your freedoms don't matter anymore. This is more important. 
Right. I, I had a huge conversation with somebody and over dinner, Sorry. and they came up and said, well, it's for the public. Everybody should be forced to get it because it's for the public good. I'm like, you know how many people have controlled societies and killed people for the public good? A I mean, if you go through the concentration camps, that was for the public good. I mean, a common core principle of communism is giving up your individual liberties for the greater good of others. And we've seen them say that. We've heard them say that all the time. Reagan said it. The, 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 the scariest words in the English language were, I'm here from the government. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. How many times have we said, yeah. build back better. We're here to help. I mean, they're putting it in your face. They're acting the same way. Pennsylvania introduced legislation. It's not going to go anywhere. So I'm not saying this to scare anyone. It will die on the floor. There's no way it gets enacted. But the problem is that there's someone publicly elected in a state legislature that wants to have the forced sterilization of inseminators because God forbid you use a gender and identify with whatever genitalia it is that you are born with. But nonetheless, after you have six weeks until six weeks following the birth of your uh, third child or of your 40th birthday, whichever comes first, you are going to, would, it would forcibly compel you to be, uh, to, to get a vasectomy. And it's what they're, that is their response to Greg Abbott's uh, legislation banning abortion. And people don't want to have that argument with me. I, I, I've, I've litigated against Planned Parenthood. I, I can give you examples of, of bioprocurement companies that were held civilly liable, that paid fines, that admitted under oath in a court of law that they were selling fetal tissue and they were involved in the sale of it for bioprocurement companies that they were obtaining from Planned Parenthood. So if people think that Planned Parenthood is a healthcare organization or if abortion is healthcare, A, here's some objective evidence. And secondly, please answer the very simple question of why is it that someone that kills a pregnant woman is charged with double homicide if it's healthcare? Right. What, what's the status of the guy who record, in California who recorded Planned Parenthood David and they, they went after him? What's his name? David Daleiden. Yeah, what's the so status of his case? Um, so, I mean, which well, there's five of them. Uh, David Daleiden the, uh, was charged back in 2015 um, for surreptitiously recording in violation of California's recording laws and recording statute. It was the first time that anyone had ever been criminally charged under the statute in over 70 years of its history. It was weaponized. This was when Kamala Harris was the state attorney. Right. Uh, uh, this was when uh, uh, Becerra was um, involved as well. They were both named defendants in it. And then you had uh, the National Abortion Federation. You had Planned Parenthood, Federation of America, NorCal, Planned Parenthood. There's a lot of actions. There were actually a total of five um, that were simultaneously going at the same time. Um, it was, it's, 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 to my knowledge, is still continuing. Um, I know a couple of the issues were in the Ninth Circuit. There was a defamation case that was filed um, based on a tweet um in new york and they were fighting to transfer to their favorite judge over in the northern district of california um but it's been knocked down drag out fight um with that litigation um and the only reason he was targeted is because he exposed the industry he he, he pulled right. a project veritas six years ago and infiltrated it and got the recordings on audio and they went after him like hell with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, no, I know it was Kamala Harris who went after him because she was bought by uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're one of the biggest donors to, uh, to the, the DNC. And, uh, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good segue that we, you know, we talked about the forced generalization of Pennsylvania as well as Planned Parenthood, because going back to what you mentioned about Jacobson, Jacobson was a 1905 case that the Supreme Court held that mandatory vaccines and the penalty for refusing to comply with that uh, were constitutional. Ironically, the only time that Jacobson has ever been upheld in, in the Supreme Court as, as a precedent was 22 years later in a 1927 case called Buck v. Bell. And in that case, it was uh, a challenged Virginia state law uh, that went to the Supreme Court on its constitutionality. And the Supreme Court, in reliance on Jacobson, held that the forced sterilization of the mentally handicapped was constitutional. So if we want to look at the progeny and the trajectory of what Jacobson has promulgated thus far, we can look at that. And I think that it's pretty clear that uh, sterilizing people with mental disabilities is heinous and disgusting. Um, yeah, so inhumane it's inhumane it violates all bounds of decency and uh but that was again for the greater good because you don't want to have a uh, and, and i forget the the words that they said but you don't want to have some the, the court said something along the lines of a defective population like, like saying that by, by virtue of someone's disability you're going to prompt you're going to have a lineage of of defective humans and you know i can't help but note the stark alignment between Adolf Hitler and the CCP, because it almost seems as though the current administration would be their child. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, a lot of people would agree. But unfortunately, you know, we don't we don't see uh, a lot of this, what you've talked about today and what we've talked about today in the mainstream media. It's very censored. And you talk about that, too. And we've been censored. And it's unfortunate because it's no longer freedom of speech. This Constitution is not we're not we're not, you know, our First Amendment has been being slowly dismantled uh, one bit at a time. That's why I appreciate you, because you're standing up for it and you're you're for the people and about the people. And it's supposed to be we the people, right? It's what the Constitution starts with. And uh, I mean, it doesn't need to be re the Constitution doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. And then we need to have people that actually yes. will enforce it. Um, By the way, it's that's a great quote. It doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. I like that. It is. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that true. video I mean, going around. Brilliant. The only the, the founding fathers only made one mistake when they drafted the Constitution, and that's that they assumed that everyone would always believe in God. And um, but for that, we would not be in the situation that we're in. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the the way I always look at it is, no matter what happens, push comes to shove. If we if we were able to survive and get through the Holocaust. I'm not saying by any means was it easy. Was it any means good? Was I mean, it's the the, the, the biggest stain, I think, on, on world history, in my opinion. Um, if we can get through that, though, I, we can get through anything. And I think it just comes down to God being on our side and not the side of evil, because it's very clear that this is just wrong. And in so many people, 
are so insecure and their cognitive bias, it's easier for them to die on the hill of being wrong than it is to stare others in the face and say, you know what, I screwed up. I was wrong about this. I actually thought Joe Biden was gonna do things that I really supported. And I don't think anyone that voted for him, uh, the vast majority of people that voted for him were doing it because they genuinely thought that what he was going to bring to the table was going to be better than what Donald Trump brought to the table to help the American people. The problem now is that we've seen 10 months of it. So look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if this is truly what you wanted to be be brought upon this country. And if it is, see a therapist. If it's not, speak up, do your part and actually acknowledge. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. The reason I have confidence is because I've been wrong so many times. So when I am right, I know that I'm right. And that's what people need to realize is it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to admit that you, 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 you were played, you were, you were led astray, you were lied to, but how far are we going to go? And why are you going, you're putting your pride over the livelihood and the benefit of the same people that you allegedly voted for the person to protect in the first place. So just ask yourselves those questions and get rid of that cognitive bias, because at this point it's so objective that there is no justification for anything that we've seen this far. Well, and, you know, I do peruse TikTok every now and then at night, and I will say this, that there are a lot of people that are coming up and saying just that. They are. People, I, the, I the pendulum is starting to swing the other way, and I think it's, it's I, I respect them, too. I respect those people. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's I the same too. concept when you see people making fun of overweight people that are at the gym for being overweight. I'm like, they're the person, like, like. Uh, good for you like good good for you for getting there because i know it's hard i know it's difficult you're not this ripped dude going to the gym showing off no you're it's 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 uh it's it's it takes so much confidence to be able to do stuff like that so like good for you and people that are coming out admitting they're wrong who hasn't been wrong everyone has been wrong and there's nothing wrong with admitting it just do it and start to fight for what's right and recuperate you can do it change a lot of people can make a big difference one person can make a big difference do your part and just keep your head on straight. And uh, if you have people in your lives that don't support that, then maybe reevaluate who you have in your life that you value because any person that's worthwhile would absolutely support coming out against what's going on right now. And and George Washington said it best, the Constitution of the United States, it's only keepers, the people. It's a tiny little booklet. I encourage everyone to reread it, like you said, Mr. Yoder said, Mike Yoder, uh, and and remind yourself that this is what we're fighting for, our freedom. Um, before we end, we we are going to do it, just a quick word association. You are so smart and articulate and kind enough to give us your, your time today. I know you are swamped and busy and meeting deadlines, and I'm so grateful um, that you did take the time to spell out a lot of these things and give us hardcore facts and statistics and real evidence of, of what's really going on. And, and thank you uh, on behalf of of your, the two beautiful people that um, adopted you. Well, well done to them. That's a beautiful they, thing. Uh, Thank you for sharing that part of your life too. Oh, absolutely. My, my parents are the, the my best friends and uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. And, um, you know, my dad just celebrated his 75th birthday. So, uh, oh, happy he's, birthday. He's What's the name of the town you grew up in Pennsylvania? Uh, well, they were actually from uh, the Midwest, moved to Pennsylvania when I was younger. Um, just my dad was traveling for work a lot, and that was the easiest way for me to be able to see him more than him leaving Monday and coming back Friday. So we just moved to uh, moved to Central PA, and that's that's sort of where I grew up. Yeah. Well done to them. Uh, I grew, they I grew did up well. in Philadelphia, so I know the area. So. Okay, yeah. I was up by Bucknell, so. Oh, okay. 
We ask a couple of questions uh, to end our show, um, our podcast. Uh, three words that describe you, Mike Yoder. Um, tenacious. I was uh, just going to uh, say that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, principled um, and I would say uh, caring, perhaps. I think it will be a third one. Those are three great words. Um, I was going to say tenacious. It was coming out of my mouth. Um, I litigate people to death where they just they, I, they, I, they just get so exhausted by me that they're just like, okay, dude, how much money do you want? And <laughs> isn't, I, isn't that a lot of fun sometimes? My, my producer is on how much attorney. I don't like the other person. If it's someone that I vehemently dislike litigating against, then yes, it's one of the most enjoyable things that I can, I can come I, up I used, with. I used to love it because when I was in the hallway, I was the nicest guy you ever met. And we're joking around. And also we go into court and they look at me and I'm going for the throat on cross and I'm just letting them have it. And they're like, like, why are you being so mean? I'm like, this is what you do for a living. This is what has to be done. Explain it. And then they get off the stand. They don't even want to talk to you. And you're like, hey, I'm paid a job to tear you apart. I tore you apart. Oh, my, my uh, favorite I thing is I always play that. very slowly. I play very, very slowly. And my, my, my I've, I've had lawyers come in flying in from New York or LA, these big wigs that come in on their jets with their whole little suit team, you know, their minions walking in behind them to court. And it's for like a, a basic hearing in, in DC, I ride a lime scooter to court and I know when they're getting there. I know what, I, like, I know what they're, you're, you're, you're obviously getting out of the black car. I know what firm you work for and I know where you're coming in from. So I'll like, you know, like get that dude, 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 like on your lime scooter and park it and yeah. <laughs> go to the courthouse and I'll like, you know, act like I don't know what I'm doing or stuff. And they go in the front door and I'm like, guys, anyone that ever litigates in the DC courthouse knows you go to the left side door. Cause there's never a line. Like there's, there's marshals there. It's a one door. And so I go and I sneak up, go upstairs. Um, and I'll see them and I'm like, they're the last one the courtroom is or uh, something. I was, I was like, oh, first time in federal court. And they're like the 60 year old, you know, like multimillionaire pa- partner at a big law firm. And, I'm, and they're, 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 they're insulted by the fact that someone so young as yeah. I would question their, their power, but they don't know who I am. So they'll go into the courtroom and um, for example, Judge Boesberg has something where he doesn't say all rise. He says, please remain seated. So I'll sort of like get under their skin a little bit. Like how dare this person question me, blah, blah, blah. Get in the courtroom and it's all their squad. And then just me sitting at the, at the counsel table for like a, a simple hearing. Um, and Judge Boesberg walks in the room, uh, the door opens, the clerk opens and they all pop up out of their chairs and start buttoning their jackets. And I'm just sitting there and I'm, and he's like, please remain seated. And they all exclaim, I'm like, ah, oh, first time here guys. And it's just the most <laughs> enjoyable thing to me because it just gets under their skin. And it's like, just, I don't, I have the same piece of paper on the wall that you do, buddy. Just because you have more experience yeah. than me doesn't mean that I'm not going to kick your ass. Yeah. You know, I used to love that, especially when I was just starting out and you get all these old guys in there, think they know their stuff. And when I got to be into about 10, 15 years, I was in a courtroom with a friend of mine and there was a guy walking down the hall. I said, watch this. He won't, he, he'll see me. He won't get in this elevator. And he came to the last minute, saw me, walked away. I said, we had a case together seven years ago. He still will not get in the elevator with me. He won't talk to me. He won't do anything. Oh, that's when I'd say his name and be like, hey, how are you doing? What's, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there's nothing part. better than taking a senior partner, some big wig, thousand dollar an hour firm and just cleaning his clock and then have him look at you the rest of his life in there. I, I think that funny. the problem is, is that the charade's almost up for me though. Uh, playing the kid, uh, I think my name is getting yeah, yeah, well yeah. enough that I can't act like the, uh, the 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 innocent wet behind the ears puppy anymore. I think people kind of know at this point what they're getting into. Governor Prisker just had a meltdown on live TV over the lawsuit I filed against him. So it was, it was, that was quite enjoyable to watch. Really? 
Yeah, Do we have it. footage of that? Can we insert that yeah, here? Yeah, it's, it's on my Instagram account. You can see the video. Oh, sorry. Um, right. All right. Do the. Uh... So we do a word association test. We've got some good words for you. So I'm just going to say a word, and you're just going to tell me what you your what One word immediately pops pops to mind. Politics. Ugly. <laughs> Court. Boring. <laughs> Rights. Malleable. Success. Um, obtainable. Okay, I like that. Uh, litigation. Tedious. <laughs> Tedious. Oh, got it. Yeah, right. Uh, vaccine. Uh, uh, uncertain. I was going to say, not in my arm. I thought I got That's one word, so one. I was trying to... Uncertain's good. <laughs> Const- That's not my arm is one word. Last uh, but not least, uh, constitution. Everything. That's a good one. That's actually really good. It makes me want to cry the way you said it too. Um, and uh, my last question to you is, who motivates you the most? Who's your biggest influence in your life? Myself, honestly. Um, I don't compare myself to anyone. I don't compare myself to others because there's always going to be someone that is more successful than you. There's always going to be someone that is less successful than you. So depending on the day and what mood you're in, you can always justify where you're at in life and be complacent by looking at those that you've done better than, or you can always look down on yourself and think that you're unsuccessful by looking at others that are more successful. So I live my life by thinking, you know, God wrote down a plan for me when I was born and this is what I'm supposed to fulfill. It wasn't something unattainable. It wasn't something out of reason. He knows I'm going to make mistakes along the way. I have a number of days on earth. And as long as I spend each day marginally, or perhaps some days more than others, but you're working towards that goal, of course you're going to have days that you that you you know you slip up or things happen. It's 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 life. But um, comparing yourself to anyone other than yourself is the number one way to preclude genuine happiness and 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 confidence mm-hmm. and liking who you are as a person because you can never ever ever win and the only way that you do win once you get that mentality is by looking at objective metrics or things like wealth or things like connections or power none of which actually matter as to who you are in terms of your character so i just gonna be my new answer from now on that's really well said me it's a great said. and yes, and the reasoning well. behind it is is so impactful especially for these millennials today and, and there's nothing against them but i'm going to just ask you one more or actually, yeah, one more question. I mean, I'm a millennial. What would you say? To, so. Right. No, no, no. I know, but to the millennials, what would you say to them to encourage them to obviously read the Constitution or understand it or fight for you know our freedoms? What would you say to them? Some people are good at school. Other people are good at life, and one doesn't dictate the other. You need to realize that the formal education you have is not a direct measure of intelligence, and intelligence isn't measured by a piece of paper in terms of a degree. If you want to actually be successful, you want to do what's right, you have to live within the real world, not the artificial world that the real world has manufactured around you. You're built into a cage, whether you know it or not. Your cell phone is a prison. You're chained to it. It controls your brain. It controls your mentality. It controls what you think of. Why would anyone ever put something in front of you to make it easier without them having a net gain? No one does anything that is not in their, in, in their, in, in their interest as well. 
Do I do this because it's helping other people? Of course, but what do I get out of it? The gratification of helping others. Other people, it's money. Other people, it's power. Whatever reason it is, everything that you're being told is skewed until you yourself can get to the root of the answer without relying on people. When I see people comment on social media, oh, do you have a source? No, go find it yourself. Because why don't I could just lie to you like, oh, you, you think you're fact checking or you're verifying your argument by asking the person who said the conclusion to give you the source that led to the conclusion. Like, go find one yourself until you're satisfied. If people want to learn how to do research, I'll teach people how to do independent research. But it takes effort. You have to dig. You have to look. You have to search. You have to find everything I've said about the vaccines. Today. Do you know how much I knew about vaccines in July of 2021? Absolutely right. nothing. Do you think I enjoy studying vaccines? No, I hate science. I can't do math. I hate it, but you have to do it. So figure it out for yourself. And when you, you know, the best example I can give is that when someone asks you what, what is the chemical formula for water? Everyone is going to say H2O. They would die on a sword fighting over that. They would literally go to battle and die on that hill that it's H2O. But then if you ask them, what does the hydrogen molecule look like? They have no clue. An oxygen molecule? Nope. What about the combination of those as, as a compound? Not a clue. No idea. So can you definitively tell me that you know what water is being H2O? Or are you just repeating what you've been told so many times that you're so convinced that that is in fact what it is? And that is right now what you're facing with politics. You know that water is H2O because you've been told that, but no one has actually ever confirmed that. I've never talked to someone that's looked at it under a microscope. I don't know what it looks like because I don't know what oxygen or hydrogen look like under a microscope. So I cannot tell you what water is. I'm not saying that to be facetious, but as an example of how easily you get indoctrinated and believe what you're told. So trust, but verify. Be respectful if people are telling you something. Don't believe anything I've said. Don't believe a word that I've said. You can go fact check me on every single thing that you want to try to do. I, I implore you to, to do so. Find something. If, if you hate me, someone on here, is that, I'm sure there's someone on here that hates me. Go for it. Find something. Find something that I lied about. And then with the same vigor that you try to dig stuff up because you're pissed at me, use that to educate yourself and you'll be very, very well set. I love it. Thank you. Very I can't well thank you enough for saying yes today. You've inspired me and you are an inspiration to this generation. And um, I appreciate all that you do. And for anyone listening, you can contact us and we'll give you uh, your information if if people feel too, or, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll uh, put led to contribute. Well yeah, so. I think, you know, when people like this do good things like this, I it's not about the money. You're right. It's really not. But still, it does take money to. Stuff, so. Exactly. Right. So, you know, I would encourage you to go to your to just visit your Instagram. It's Mike Yoder and he's on Instagram. Yeah, and it's thank Yoder you. underscore ESQ. And you're going to have to really type the whole thing in because they don't want you funding me. Yeah, I found you. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate, I appreciate you. you guys having me on. Yeah, well, we will we will follow up with you and see what what's going on, and maybe we can do another show when you get further down the line with this case that you're you're presenting. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on and kind of monitor how it goes. All right, yeah, keep me posted. I'm more than happy to jump back on, guys. Okay. Thank you. And Thank we're out. You. The Coriolis Effect is produced by Jazz Productions. Producers Corey Oliver and Bob Victor. Host Corey Oliver. Editor Bob Victor and assistant editor Kate Bonsell. Hi guys, I'm Corey Oliver, and thank you for watching the Coriolis Effect. We hope you enjoyed the previous episode. Here are some more episodes you might enjoy. Hit the subscribe button below and have a great day.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.